Well, that's pretty awesome to have your son pray for you before you get up here. Um, and if I talk too much more about it, I'm going to begin to cry because um, no greater joy do I have than to know that my children follow after God. And um, I said I wasn't going to cry, but gum it, it's okay, right? I'm proud of them. Um, God has been good, and uh, I'm glad to be here with you this morning, and welcome into the house of the Lord. Thanks for being here, and I know that uh, not everybody can make it today, and, and uh, I know that some of you are staying secluded, and we appreciate all of that uh, for your benefit, benefit and uh, all of the things, and so we want to say thank you to those that are joining us online, and we do welcome you, and, and uh, we hope that, um, that you've been worshiping with us and that um, our time together now in the Word is going to be a productive time and, and that we're going to be able to move forward in something that maybe has been a struggle, but uh, we'll be able to bring some freedom into your life, and that's my hope for this day. So um, <clears throat> at the beginning of last year, I was given the honor to do two, a two-Sunday service uh, or two-Sunday series, and um, I called it uh, 2020 Vision. And the first one that I got to uh, was called, Is That Blurry to You? And I don't know if you remember this or not, those that you were here. It was about the same time that I was able to speak, so maybe it's just that Eddie's going to say, you get one time, maybe two, a year, and it's always going to be at the end of January. So uh, maybe I'm moving up a little bit, though. It's January 17th. Uh, but anyway, uh, the first one that I presented last year was, Is That Blurry to You? And I spoke about the things that tend to get in the way of clear focus and, and the vision of what God desires in our life. And then the follow-up message was entitled, Reflect His Image. And in that one, I focused on allowing God to move uh, or to remove hindrances in our life through a process of Refining, And if you remember right, I talked about God as the great refiner of, uh, of our lives and, and, and much like dumping in a, <clears throat> a crude ore uh, of uh, silver, goes through a process of heating up and then that crud comes up and he dips in there and, and tosses that to the side. And so I talked a little bit about that and, and um, those objectives of removing the sinful actions in our lives and needing to reflect Jesus to others still remains an absolute need for us, and God has remained faithful in helping us do that. Amen? Amen. Well, today I wanted to tag last year's uh, uh, series title, uh, 2020 Vision, and, and kind of start off the first part of this by starting by talking about hindsight. Hindsight is 2020. You ever heard that? Hindsight, uh, when you look back at something that maybe you've worked through or, or you've been challenged in doing and you look back at it and you say, ooh, I could have done that better or I could have reacted to that better or we got in trouble maybe as a child and, and we said, well, I better not do that again. Or maybe we've even gotten in trouble as an adult and we just realize that some of our actions just need better vision. And so hindsight means that we're going to look back at something and 2020, as we're talking about optometrists, we're talking about perfect vision. So when we look back at something and we see something that we've done or we've gone through, we can have better vision in how to handle it. 
I love being a parent. I love, you just noticed that as I stepped up here after Josiah prayed for me. I love to be a parent and a father to these boys. Jude, who's 11. Josiah, who's 20. Elijah, who's 25, uh, 24, soon to be 25. And um, I love guiding them through life. I want to try to help them. I've made my own mistakes in life. I, um, I'm not, definitely not perfect. And I know that they'll make their own mistakes. But that's okay. We mature and we grow up and we get better. But one of the things that I want to do is some of the things that I struggled through, I want to help them cross those hurdles. I want them to be able to cross more hurdles than I have without tripping over them and to finish up this, this race. And uh, it's, always just a, it's just always a really good thing. And so hindsight can be really great, really great. Hindsight uh, has a tendency to catch up with us, though, sometimes. And when we're children and we're growing up, uh, that hindsight is, is kind of funny at times. And i got to tell you a story. Josh, uh, my brother-in-law, Eddie's son, um, had a tough time with his dad. And Eddie told him to do something. He was about eight years old. And this story goes around the Hammond household pretty much every year, once, once, uh, once a year. But he was eight years old, and his dad had told him to do something, and he did not want to do it. And so he was kind of like, no, you know, and he was kind of given an attitude. And, and he says, Eddie did something like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it now. Now, I know it's hard to understand, even see Eddie doing that. But, you know, but he told him. He said, look, I want you to do it. Do it. Well, Eddie turned and walked away, and Josh did this. Stuck his tongue right out, hands up. He's like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Well, Eddie didn't see it, but guess who did see it? Mom. Mom saw it, and she said, Josh, you better shape up right now. You better sail straight, man, because I'm telling you, I'm watching you. And you disrespect your dad or me again like that, and you're going to be wishing you hadn't. And she just told it like it was, and she turned. And as she turned, Josh went and did it again. He just was a little defiant at a young age, just a little bit. Stacy's like this. And so... Unbeknownst to Josh, Diane saw him in the mirror she was facing. Well, it went like this. She said, you better stick that tongue back in your mouth. And she turned around and she says, and you disrespect me or your dad again. And you're going to be hurting for certain. And she said, she said that Josh, they tell the story, and they, she said that Josh's face went from jeering to, how did that just happen? How did she know that he was sticking his tongue out at her? Well, we know the story. She saw him in the mirror. Well, a few days passed, and they're sitting on the, t- uh, sitting on the couch watching TV, and Josh just loved to play with Daisy's hair, so we, so we call her Daisy. And um, she just, he just, you know, um, just messing around. He just likes to do that. And Eddie happened to see that as the TV show went on and Josh was messing with her hair, he kind of was leaning back towards his mom's hair 
little bit more and messing a little bit more with intent. And then he started pulling the hair back, and he was definitely looking for something. Josh, uh, Eddie says, son, what you looking for? Well, nothing, Dad. No, nothing, nothing. Just twirled it again. Show went on. He did it again, pulled back. Now this time he's like really looking. He says, what you looking for, Josh? Of course, Eddie had no idea. He said, what you looking for, Josh? And Josh says, well, I, um, I, I'm, just, I'm just looking for mom's eyes in the back of her head. And they started laughing, and she goes, whatever do you mean? And so he said, Mom told me she was sticking her tongue out. Sure enough. Well, hindsight for that was so much like, how in the world did my mom catch me doing that? Well, she, he knew that that response that his mom gave him was like, I better check myself again before ever doing that again. And I think he has checked himself uh, again a couple times, but the story does go on that, he was a little defiant throughout his younger life, and <laughs> he got over it. He was doing pretty good, but it's just a funny story. And like, I said, like I've said before, hindsight can be great, and if it's used correctly, it can really be an awesome tool uh, for second chances and do-overs, and like old Josh, give him a chance to think twice before acting out the, second, the next time. I know this, that many of us could do a do-over for a year like 2020. And maybe even some would say, you know what, 2020 is not all that started even you know, pretty good either. So let's go back 17 days and let's start this whole thing over again. I think hindsight would tell us that it'd be nice to try to do things a little bit different. So in this whole process, we need tools like hindsight to help us get through life better. And we need reboots. We need recalls. We need a reset in life. And sometimes we get it. And this is along the lines that I'm bringing this thought to you today. And so right now, before I go any further, I just want to pray over this time together. Can we do that? Let's pray. Father, thank you for meeting us right here where we are. And thank you for your unconditional love that finds us longing for something more. And thank you for never, ever giving up or failing us. We find in your word that these are the truths that we can stand on. Lord, please speak for me today. Use me to honor you in all I say and do, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, I just said that hindsight can be pretty good, right? I mean, I've said it probably about three times. But what happens when hindsight is pretty awful? Let me clarify. When we begin to look back and think about what has happened to us, how we have failed, how others have failed us, how we wish things could get better, but it's such an emotional roller coaster, we might be seeing some things with 2020 vision, but we do not like what we're seeing, and we have no idea how this is helping anything. Paul says this in Philippians 3, uh, the, the chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, and we kind of start halfway into 13. It says this, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So which is it, Hollis? Do you suggest I look back or I don't? Do I make it a habit to have better hindsight or just forget it altogether? Stick with me and I'll make things clear. We're talking 2020, 2020 vision here, aren't we? 
Both are useful if, if we have the correct tools and guidance. And that is where we're going to look by looking at the ditch method this morning to renew our minds according to the truths based on God's Word. Now, each of you uh, possibly were handed a bulletin or a program that you walked in. If you did not, and you would like to do this exercise, let's try to find those cards that might be on, on uh, they're, they're cards that were inside the bulletin, and it does look like that on one side, and it looks like that on the other side. So if you don't have one, there are some in the balcony on the side in the bookshelves. Uh, if you guys don't have one, make sure you got a writing utensil because we need to do a little circling. Uh, there might be some uh, in the basket, uh, guys. And I want to suggest and challenge every one of you to do this. Now, those of you online, I know you don't have this, but as you see the card, um, and I'll have them bring that back up, you can maybe write some of these down. And, and between 1 and 10, or 0 and 10, 0 being, what is, what is that emotion anyway? And 10 being, I am so messed up in this area that I'm stuck in concrete, okay? So what we're going to do was going to do this pretty quickly. And, uh, and what I mean, we're going to do this pretty quickly. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Now, some of you might be like me and go, I'm going to overanalyze this thing and it's going to take me 10 minutes to figure out my number on this. But I just want you to take 10 seconds. I don't want you to take 10 minutes. Take 10 seconds and I want you to write down. Now, I've got a timer and I want you to circle. Now, this is just for you. And now think about this. Maybe not just the way you're feeling this morning. This morning, your anger might be at a one. But let's just say generally, you know, you're, you're borderline, it could be like this. You're borderline flipping somebody off when they, with road rage. Uh, you know, it's more of a general feeling like that. So this is personal to you. I know that there might not be as many cards out there now after the first service, but hopefully there are. But this is generally to you, and now I've taken up more time, and I've given you more time to even think about it. So let's start the timer and go. Ten seconds. That was pretty, uh, it was pretty quick, wasn't it? Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Did, did some of you fib a little bit? Like... Yeah, you know, that anger thing, well, I'm, I'm not doing so good at that. Uh, but I'm definitely not a nine, so uh, maybe I'll just circle a four. That sounds pretty good. So if you did fib to yourself and you're kind of like leaning to another number, you might want to readdress that later on. But in fact, uh, we, we sometimes do that with ourselves. We fake, our, we fake others out. We don't let them always see how we're dealing with emotions or dealing with the things that are on this, on this uh, card. And we have a tendency to then fake our, our, our own selves out sometimes. And we start to get into this complacent mode where things start to act normal. Where we just feel like that that's just a part of our life. Whether it's any emotion that we're looking at there, annoyance, uh, sadness, guilt. We start to, to get real numb, if you will, to those emotions. Well, did you know that when we let these negative habits and thoughts become a normalcy in our life, we have literally changed the structure of our brain? That's crazy. When we've allowed this thing that's numbing and we just kind of get used to it, we've changed the structure of our brain. 
Dr. Caroline Leaf states that we have actually managed brain surgery without ever going under the knife. You know, like saying, come on, Hollis, what are you talking about? Now listen, seriously, Dr. Leaf is a cognitive neuroscientist that leads the field in neuroplasticity. Now what's neuroplasticity? It's a way, a form of working and thinking through and processing the brain to where it actually will change. And you can do some, some reorganizing and restructuring in the brain. Since the 1980s, she's been working on this, and she's helped people restructure the way they think, detoxing negative thoughts to healthy, wholesome, pr- productive thoughts. And it's, a, it's wonderful to let you know that she also believes in the Word of God and is a Christian. She studies and teaches these types of things under the authority of the Scriptures, and, in, and this fact that I'll share is pretty astonishing. Get this. She cites this in her studies. That if you pray for 12, uh, 12 minutes every day for eight weeks, and then you take a brain scan of your brain. So you got to have a before brain scan, right? you got to find out whether you had a brain. That's always good to know. Take a brain scan before this, this prayer type thing, and you pray 12 minutes for eight weeks, and then you take another brain scan. She said that it will be the brain physically changes and is so significant that it is visible on the brain scan. That's crazy. But that's truth that's coming from the Word of God. Some might be thinking, okay, sure, Steve, anybody can throw in scriptures and say, well, it's just a God thing and not new agey because this really sounds like that right now. It's not. God is at work in your life, and he is at work in our lives, and we can be uh, backing it up with truths. And in fact, let me read some truths to you. Romans 12.2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. This is one thing that we can go to, to the truths of understanding what this is all about. So be transformed is something that we need to be looking at, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That's awesome. So let's revisit the brain scan mention and think about that. What if you were to take time with the relationship of, with Jesus a little bit more? What if you take time in the Word a little bit more? What if you take time in prayer a little bit more? The things that I have just brought to you is about a relationship with God. And if you've not done the very first thing to come into a relationship with Jesus Christ and to accept Him and to ask for forgiveness, I hope that this might be pulling at your heartstrings too. And say, you know, I've got something that I've got to start with and I've got to get better and in life. And part of that is accepting Jesus and accepting the fact that he died on the cross for my sins. It's amazing what he's done for each one of us. He's not left one of us out. But he wants to renew your mind and transform you through these truths of the scriptures. 
Some years back, uh, running around in college, I had some struggles with my own and one of these very things listed on here, and that was apathy. I was getting to a point in college where uh, my sophomore year, there was a lot of things that happened. Some were my fault, and some were not. Some things like I got mono. I got sick, so sick, was tired, you know, and, and just be, I missed so many classes and so many things were coming down that the things that were going on in my life, I couldn't get a grip. And I would try, and I would try to regain focus, and I would try to get going. And then they took my scholarship away for pole vaulting because, well, you've been sick all this time, and you didn't do so good in grades. And then that led to another thing, and then, I mean, it was a mess, and I was done. Apathy came in, and it's like, you know what, I don't care. And when people looking on the outside might not have recognized it as much, but my family knew it, and I knew it. And I just didn't care. I was done. I didn't, it, it became to be where it was just sunk in to my identity. I felt like that was all I was going to be. Some of these things I was going after, I thought that that was what I was to be or was to focus in on. And when they failed... I forgot the very focus that I needed to go in my identity in Christ Jesus. I knew that. But apathy came in, and so I had to dig a little deeper. So what we're going to do is we're going to finish up on the card. I'm going to give you 30 seconds more, and I'm going to actually honor Alex Trebek with little Jeopardy music today. So you get 30 seconds for the rest of the seven, and so you got to do this pretty quick. you got to circle, kind of do it. But I want you to be thinking that you had a time to look at it now. So without further ado... Bill, why don't you hit that 30-second timer, finish circling some of those areas, and think about where you're sitting right now. Go. So now you've got that, it's yours to have, and I want you to hold on to it because as we work through this, there might be some things that you can recognize that you can do a little better. And I'm going to give you what this ditch method is going to help you. But let's look back at Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Emotions like the ones that you circled uh, on the card can be tricky to even recognize. And if you are like me at times, it's just not one emotion. It could very well be two, three, five, six, and that's where we get overwhelmed. Sadness leads into depression and guilt that I'm feeling this way and I'm angry that I'm feeling this way and what is going on? And we just feel overwhelmed. We just feel like there's this cloud. You've seen the cartoons, right? Cloud hanging over us. And sometimes when we go to people and we say, I'm having this struggle, I'm dealing with this, and they, they try to be compassionate, but sometimes it comes out like this. Well, you know, it's just all in your head. It's like, gee, thanks. I really needed to hear that. It's just all in my head. Fantastic. Well, as we're going to find out, 
a lot of it is just in your head. And there's a way out of it to freedom. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And I'm sure you're thinking right now, again, I've been in church all my life. I've heard different sermons. I've heard different ways to try to combat these things. But I tell you, I don't know that there's freedom. But what if? What if there was freedom by going through a process and understanding how to deal with this? What if? Let's look at 2 Corinthians 10th chapter, verse 5, where the Apostle Paul says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I told you that there's a method about going about this, and it's called ditch. Ditch your thinking, or the way that it looks on the front side of the bulletin, I put ditch your old way of thinking. Because hindsight is twenty twenty, right? I wanted to use that. But ditch your old way of thinking. Ditch your old way of, of how things have worked. And let's take a look at it, see it more clearly, and understand that this method could really help out. So Pastor Scott Longyear, you heard that on the opening video, uh, came up with this, uh, writing this book, and he, he came up with this ditch method. And uh, I want to bring that to you this morning. And the arguments that we've had in the past of those negative emotions begin to fade away with the renewing of our minds. We place it under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we find that freedom is had. So let me start to explain this, the ditch method. When we look at ditch, uh, oh, by the way, if you're looking online right now and you're on the online platform, you're going to have some notes in the notes section that you can take a look at and actually follow right along. But it's also in the bulletin, and, it, and it's an acronym, DITCH, the D-I-T-C-H. And it starts with the D, of course, and the D stands for determine your emotion. Well, that's kind of what we were doing a little bit, where we're determining kind of where we're falling today in that pattern of what we're seeing, whether it's anger or fear or you know, apathy or whatever the case may be. But when we're going through our day, we might just be rolling along in our car or, or uh, strolling down the sidewalk or minding our own business, and all of a sudden, you might begin to get anxious about something that you forgot about or you find that fear starts gripping your throat and you get annoyed about something that happens to us, uh, maybe annoyed at that person that, that cuts you off at the, the, at the light or or uh, things that go on, and instead of uh, letting those things and the emotions to drive us crazy, we have to determine what we're dealing with. And so we start to think about it. We, need, we actually need to be actively thinking about this sometimes. We just can't just let it go. If something like this starts to happen, we have to start to think, what's happening? What, what emotion am I doing? And then we have to go to I, and that is identify the stronghold. When we identify the stronghold in our life, we can start to dig a little bit deeper. Now, here's, here's the thing about strongholds. And I, and I want to read something here from the Word of God. <clears throat> strongholds can be a positive thing 
that we read in the Bible, and then we can see that strongholds can also be uh, recognized as negative things. The psalmist wrote in chapter 9, verse 9, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. In chapter 18, verse 2, he says this, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Now that's positive. Those are the positive things that says we can find refuge in this stronghold, like a castle, right? But then there's the other side of strongholds where the enemy comes in. And the stronghold that I'm going to reference today, identify the stronghold, is referenced in, for instance, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 4. Read this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war on the world as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to, to demolish strongholds. See, we, as Christians, uh, are dealing with a spiritual battle. We're working through emotions, but then there's something deeper that we recognize. And we start to identify a stronghold. In our life, we start to identify that there's something deeper. And when the Apostle Paul references strongholds like this, he's referring to lies and deceit in the battle of our mind. Like I mentioned, this is spiritual warfare at its finest, and these strongholds are from the enemy. Your enemy is Satan, and he hates your guts, by the way. And he rises up to battle you with strongholds. He will battle you with lies and deceit and try to trick you into thinking you're one way when you're really identified as a child of God. And let me tell you about uh, a stronghold that, uh, of an example that is, can reference some of the strongholds in our life. Now, Pastor Scott Longyear, uh, Maryland Community Church, a good friend of mine, tells the story like this. He was invited to a cattle drive in the area. Now, that doesn't mean you put on your boots and your spurs and your Stetson hat and you go on out and you, cattle, you drive this cattle. No, what you got to do in this, he finds out, is that people line up on the long of the road and they're trying to move 75 to 100 cattle from one pasture to another pasture. And they got to go down a few miles to do it. And they give him a tool. Well, you'd think maybe a taser, you know, get over there, cow, whatever. But they give him a string, and it's really long, and it's on both sides. And they line this, they line this long string up as long as it, the, the, the cows can see them, and they, they'll line up, oh, me, you know, to uh, about halfway back on this room, and, and they'll go a little bit further. And all they're doing is just holding the string, and they're walking along while these cow, these cattle, 1,000 pounds apiece, are walking down. They see this, the string as a stronghold. I mean, as, how as ridiculous as that? They're walking along. Hey, Betsy, you better not touch that string. I saw Ned, he touched that string. He's never been the same since. We got to keep going. Just keep, keep going. But that's a lot like a, a, what's happening in our lives at times. The lies that are taught to us or shown to us are tricked to us by the big accuser, Satan, 
can sometimes be as just fragile as a string, and we just know, need to know how to identify and then get through it. So let's move to the next one. How do we get, how do we get uh, through once we start to identify the lies in our life? Um, we need to, well, actually, I'm, I'm kind of I'm skipping this. Can we go back, uh, Bill? I want to go back real quick. So to, in identifying the stronghold, the lies in our life, we need to start asking why. Why to get to the lie? That's how it's put. We've got to ask why, how to get to the lie. So because I used the first one today as anger, I want to reference that today. And I just kind of want to say, I kind of made this up myself, but this could be a little bit about how it goes. Why am I angry at my child for spilling the milk? Well, it's created a mess and I don't have time to clean it up. Well, why don't you have time? Because I just don't have the patience. You know, you're asking yourself these types of questions. Well, why don't you have the patience to deal with your child's spilled milk? Well, because I have better things to do than to clean up a mess. Why do you feel you have better things to do than helping your child? Well, I'm frustrated because I'm missing the show to be honest, I was watching. Why does that, you know, I, I, I'm missing it out. So why does that make you frustrated? Because I was watching it, and I want to take time to watch things that I want to watch. Why does missing your personal time to help your child make you angry? Because I want time for myself. The strong here, stronghold here might be that we're dealing with some selfishness. That is when we start to recognize the stronghold in our life is a little bit deeper than the emotion that was shared. And I go back to, what am I doing here? Why did I get to that point? I love my child. It's just spilt milk. I need to do a better job. Come on. Hindsight is twenty twenty. I should have learned to do that better last time. This is where the T comes in. This is where, D-I-T, we have to truth our stronghold. Stick with me. There's two ways you can truth a stronghold that you have found out. The first way is to go to Jesus. Look at John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I love that because what that shows is that he is the truth. And if I'm going to truth a stronghold, if I'm going to be active about getting a better grip on something, then I'm going to truth it with the very first thing I know, and that's Jesus. How do we do that? Well, I talked a little bit about that before, about how if we spend time with him in our relationship, if we talk to him, if we, if we take time to pray, if we're spending time in the word, then our relationship is going to grow. And the second is that, taking time in the Word, truthing it with Scriptures, like Jesus did in the wilderness. When Satan came to him and said, Hey man, make these stones into bread. And he's like, Get behind me, Satan. Man does not live on bread alone. The Word says. Man does not live on bread alone. And so what he did is he showed us an example of truthing a stronghold Truthing something with Scripture. Reminding. And this is an example that I had about selfishness. 
Philippians 2, 3 through 5, reads like this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. Things like this come back into our mind, and we read them, and we're reminded, you know what? Greater is he that is in me, Jesus Christ. It's working in my life than he, the accuser, that's in the world. So when we take the time for daily Bible study and, and, and maybe on a Bible app, and we look up and we, we search maybe a stronghold that's come up in our mind, and, and we, we have now identified it and we're going to try to truth it, go to your Bible app and look in the search and put down you know, struggle of, uh, of anxiety, you know, and, and uh, dealing with that or fear or apathy or whatever it might be, right? Look it up and there's going to be scriptures that will come much like the, the hope chests that were given that are started today and what an awesome thing, what an awesome ministry that is. You can go to things like that and open up that hope chest and go in and find those scriptures and find the references much like that, what a gift that has been given to you as those uh, individuals have done that to make that uh, possible to have. And so once we have the truth, we begin to feel the freedom and we begin to think, hey, now we're talking. Jesus has got it. I've got truth from the scriptures that are on it. I've got things happening. But why now as I'm beginning to feel freedom Satan's starting to hit me with more lies, and he's starting to amp things up. You shouldn't be joyful like that. No, 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 no. That won't last. You'll mess up tomorrow, and you'll get angry again, and that's not how it's done before. I mean, you, you, you just failed. So I don't even know why you're thinking that you can do a better job at that. And attack after attack after attack comes at you, and that is where C comes in. We have got to capture every thought. We've got to stay very active on this one. So active that, in fact, when there's a thought that comes up, a lot of times, if you've heard, if you've been kind of with me at times that we've talked about some of these issues, I might have said, you need to bounce yourself, bounce that thought, bounce it back over to Jesus, right? Or this one, think about capturing it, staying active, and hold on to it like it's a northern pike. Do you know what a northern pike is? Let's show it to you. I'm going to throw up a picture of when Jude caught a northern pike. Now those suckers are game fish, sportsman fish, right? You go after those things because you just want so bad to grab, grab a, a northern pike. And you fight this thing and it's, it's got nasty stinking teeth. And Jude did a great job of getting that in there. I helped him a little bit, but man, he pulled that fish in. And then when you're starting to get that fish and it's in the water and you got to burrow that, you either have to have a net or you have to have a hook or you got to have some pretty protective gloves. And when you do that and you finally get it in there, that fish is just under your authority and just okay. No. That fish is like, come here, come here. Right? And so you just grab it, hold it, and you're like, hot, I've got to have this fish. In fact, you're so happy and so proud about that fish, you might even do this. I've got this fish. I'm not going to let go of this fish. There's a big old fish. I mean, sometimes I saw one, and no joke, my dad caught one this big. Tail was hitting the ground. It was this tall, this long. That thing was girthy and the whole thing. Talk about meaty. 
They're not, they're kind of bony fish to eat, but man, are they so fun to catch. So let's just say that you got a hold of this fish and you got it, and you're like, you know, I, I'm not letting go of this. You get out of the boat, you go to dinner, you got the fish. I go to bed, I go to the fish. I got the fish, I got the fish. I'm, I'm not going to let go of this fish. This fish is my fish, I've captured it. And you wake up in the morning and things aren't not necessarily so good. And you start to go eat breakfast and the thing starts smelling a little bit. And it's slimy and it's nasty. And it's, I doubt it's still alive, but I've got this, I've captured it. Much like some of the captured thoughts that we have, we hold on way too long. And we let Satan uh, think that, that we've got it all put together. We, he, he lies to us. And it starts to stink. And we've got to do something about that old nasty thought. Those nasty lies. We've got to do something about it. And that's where H comes in. We've got to hand it over. As soon as we aggressively ta- catch it, we've got to hand it over to Jesus. He truly is the truth, the way, the truth, the life. And I'm going to give you an example today that some, some of you might be just dealing with this really bad. And so here's a hands-on application that you might want to try to, to do, even at home. You can take a box like this. You can make it up real nice if you'd like. You can you know, put it, you know, print it off on a piece of paper like that, like I did. But I put on God. This is a God box. And on the bottom of it, I put 1 Peter 5, 7. Let's talk about what that says. Let's bring that up. If we've got that bill, I'm not too sure. Do we have that? 1 Peter 5, 7. Okay. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So here, 1 Peter, it says that. Cast all your anxiety on him. Craig Groeschel came up with this. Craig Groeschel is a pastor of the largest church in America, I believe. Um, and he says, make a box like this, put God on it, and put it in some place like the kitchen. So make that happen right there. And then take pen and paper and put that in your bedroom or some other place. And when you go to lie down at night, where a lot of times our thoughts and our anxieties and our different emotions come up, you take and say, man, I'm just so worried about my mom who has COVID, or I'm just fearful of this or that and the other thing. And anytime something like that comes up, you just write down fear for mom's health or whatever. Okay, so you take that. You write that down. You get up out of bed, and you go, and you take it, and you put it in the God box. You say, God, you've got it. I don't want that anymore. And so you go back to bed, and, and this process might actually happen. Time and time again. You might work through this. You know, even in the same night. You write down another one. And, you, and it comes to mind and you're going to capture that. You capture it on the card and you take it and you drop it back in there. Now here's the trick. You might go back to bed. Or you might go back to the couch. Or you might go back and all of a sudden you've thought you've handed that to God and all of a sudden it comes back up. I'm worried about my children. You know, that's something that you've already written down. I'm worried about this. Well, you guess what you're going to have to do? You don't write it down again and put it in there. That box, that card's already there, and you already gave it to God. You need to go get it. You need to go get it, and you say, God, thanks for taking that for about 15 minutes, but you know what? 
I'm going to have to take that back from you because I don't think you're big enough to take care of that. Thanks anyway. I know the truths and everything, but I'm going to take this. This is mine. I think I can do a better job. The fact is, is that you cannot. And he will wrestle with you on that. And most times you will take this and you'll say, no, you're right. I've got to take that and just dump it off. And that's when we hand it to Jesus. We've got to give it to him. And that's an applicable way, applicable way to do it. And I wanted to get through this this morning, and it's tough, and I know my time is fleeting already, and, and I've tried to rush through it to get it to that point. But the ditch method is proven to help with these things. Why? Because it's based on the Scriptures. And I bring you the chance to do class with me January 27th, the Wednesday at 7 p.m. And, um, and I want to do, actually have uh, the, the, the video, uh, well, these guys come up to lead us in the last song, but of Scott helping promote that. And here's him right now. I love the fall in Indiana because every year in the fall, the leaves show off. Man, brilliant colors and shades of reds and yellows and greens. And I think over the years, I've even seen some blues. And people actually from all over the world come to Indiana during this time of year to see the transformation. And I think one of the reasons that we're drawn to all of this is that it reminds us that transformation actually is possible. Like, I bet there are parts of your life that you're like, I'd like to change that part of my life. I'd like that part to transform, but I'm just not sure how to do it. Well, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul says this, that we are transformed or we're changed by the renewal of our mind. That we're transformed by the renewal of our mind. Paul's saying this, the way that we think changes everything. So if we can change the way that we think, that means that we can change the fear in our life, the anxiety in our life. We can change feelings of guilt. Whatever it is that's plaguing us can all be changed, all be transformed when we change the way that we think. Well, I'm excited that you're part of this study with us. We're gonna take a deep dive into Romans chapter 12 and what we're gonna come away with is this system called the ditch system. And it's gonna give very practical steps of ways when our mind starts churning, ways to capture our thoughts, put them underneath the authority of Jesus and find tremendous freedom in that. Now, as we do, what we're gonna find is that's gonna, our thinking is gonna be tied to several different emotions. And what the Lord does, because He works all things together for good, He's gonna change those emotions and He's gonna actually change them for the good. And so I'm excited that you're part of this journey and I just wanna remind you that transformation and change is possible. And it all starts, just like Paul says, when our mind is renewed. So that's what you get a chance to do. And if you'd like to be a part of the class that I'm going to lead starting Wednesday, January 27th, it's going to be a nine-week class. It's going to start um, uh, with, uh, it's going to be about an hour, hour and a half long. And um, if you'd like to do that, you can either call the office at 812-268-0088 or even right now or even times to come as you decide maybe you want to do it. Just text the word DITCH to the number 24251, and it'll send it to me, and then we can get everything squared away. But in that, you receive a book, and we get to study on that, 
and it's going to be life-changing. Lord, I pray that you would take this method and you would take these words and you would take this, these thoughts and you would allow us to use it as a great tool under your authority. That's the key. Under your authority, we're going to find freedom. And I pray that today, that you will work in our lives if we found out that there is a method that maybe we can uh, work with and, and try to exercise in our life. Lord, thank you for speaking into our hearts. And I pray and praise you in the name of Jesus. I praise and glorify the Lord in the name of Jesus. Amen.